What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Mafia Podcast, NBA edition. My name is Jordan Jica, a.k.a. Dr. Fantasy, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, the Fantasy Caveman. We are in the middle of our NBA miniseries where we are breaking down each and every roster going through their 2019-2020 season and also previewing their upcoming offseason. Today, we will be talking about the Denver Nuggets, who had a very exciting playoff run. Uh, kind of an interesting offseason here. Not a ton of huge names that are going to be free agents, but a, a lot of role players that they have entering free agency this year. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I'll go over some of their po- point leaders for the year. Well, actually, before I get to that, I'll recap their uh, their record. 46-27 and 27 on the year. Third seed in the West under Mike Malone. I mean, they had an epic playoff run. And I mean, epic seems dramatic, but it's really not for the way that they did it. Um, In the first round, it was against the Jazz, a seven-game series. In the second round, they were down to the Clippers and came back in that series. And they came back in the series and in every single game, it felt like, except game seven. So they, uh, they won in seven games against the Clippers in the second round. And kind of unexcitingly, after all that magic, they kind of got, I won't say demolished, because the games were competitive with the Lakers, but in the Western Conference Finals, they lost to the Lakers 4-1 in that series. So, really great season for the Nuggets. It's one of those teams where you either love them or you hate them. I mean, they just play a very classic style of basketball. I think a lot of people don't appreciate I love the Nuggets, and I've mentioned that before, and I love their... <laughs> old style uh, defensive team basketball mentality. So I love the way that the Nuggets play. It's just different from a lot of the teams in today's NBA. So um, their point leader on the year was Jokic with 19.9 points. Jamal Murray was second with 18 and a half. They had Will Barton at 15.1. Jeremy Grant with 12 points. Paul Millsap 11.6. And Gary Harris with 10.4. Their rebound leader was Jokic with 9.7 per game, Will Barton with 6.3, Paul Millsap 5.7, and Mason Plumley, who was a pretty valuable piece off the bench, 5.2 rebounds per game. Jokic once again leading the way in the assist category with 7, and uh, the next highest is actually Jamal Murray at only 4.8, so Jokic by a nice margin there. Their steals leader, Gary Harris, with 1.4, Jokic with 1.2, and then Murray and Will Barton with 1.1 each. Block leaders, this is the first team, I believe, that hasn't had someone that's averaged at least one block per game. Bull Bull averaged 0.9, but he only played seven games, so that doesn't really count. So I guess their block leader was Jeremy Grant with 0.8 blocks per game, which is kind of surprising, but... um, especially for a team that plays as strong a defense as they do. But, Caveman, I'll kick it over to you. What notes do you have on this Nuggets team? Okay, uh, so first off, do you want to uh, you want to take a stab at the plus-minus later? I'm going to probably say it's Jokic. He is not. He was actually... What? He is not Jokic. So... Who is uh, it? And it wasn't Jamal Murray either. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> that answer, yeah, who is it? That answer is trusty Paul Millsap. Plus four point mm. four. 
Paul Millsap. Then Murray was at 4.1, and then Jokic was at 3.5. So, so Paul Millsap, yeah, that kind of surprised me, too. I mean... I mean, I'll because I know you 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 love you love some Jokic, so I'll let you talk about it if you want to talk about him after this. But uh, Jamal Murray, I mean, you gotta, I mean, and not like his regular season wasn't the greatest uh, prior to the bubble, but he, I think his bubble performance in particular, I think really ascended him. And we're talk when we talk about we talk about like the best point guards in the league, the best younger point guards in the league, you know, Jamal Murray is definitely in that conversation. I mean, you saw when him and Mitchell dropped 50 points in the same game. It's just, it's just crazy. Uh, Murray look, definitely looks like he can be, uh, he, he looks like he can be a strong, like a solid number two on a, on a championship team uh, opposite Jokic. So that's going to be very, Exciting to see that pairing going forward. But another name, uh, and I think people, some people forgot about him because of his injuries, but Michael Porter Jr., I mean, I, I, I'm just impressed with the way, like, his career, like, because of all the, the back injuries and knee issues and that, like, he, was, it, he wasn't expected to have much, if any, of a role in the NBA. The injuries were just supposed to, you know, overtake him and be too much for him but people forget michael porter jr if it wasn't for the injuries he probably would have been a top he would have been a he was a lock to be a top five pick so mm-hmm. people you know the injuries kind of like he fell the nuggets to like 14th or something in that draft a couple years back or something like that but michael porter jr i mean he just needs to continue to grow and stay healthy and i think he can it's too early to say whether he can be a number three option on a championship team, but you heard it from him himself. And uh, at the end of their run, he he was saying how Nuggets can't always rely on Jokic and Murray. They're gonna have to somebody else is gonna have to carry some of the load, and he kind of kind of wanted that responsibility put on him as probably their third best. Honestly, he's probably their third best player at at this point. So. I mean, going going forward, to be really excited to see him with Murray and Jokic if uh, he can stay healthy. Yeah, and I would agree with all the names that you mentioned. I'll just touch up on Jokic a little bit. I mean, there's not a lot to say about him, but I've heard some conversations from, I guess, modern basketball enthusiasts that don't think that Jokic is a superstar. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, you got to watch the guy play. I've never seen a guy that can control the game so much without scoring in my entire life. I mean, he's one of the best passers in the NBA, not for a big man, just flat out in the NBA. I mean, the way he controls the game is absolutely incredible. And I don't think he's starting to get credit for it. Not until this playoff run, though, that I feel like he was getting the credit that he deserved for that. Uh, Jamal Murray, I also agree with. He averaged 26 and a half points throughout the playoffs. We saw multiple 50 point games, several other 40 point games. And I mean, we could have I'm interested to see how he comes out next season. I mean, he's only 22 right now. And I think that we saw his rise into that stardom category. But I want to see if he can continue that, because if he can become a superstar and not just a star, I mean, we're talking about a legitimate championship contender. I really 
think that yep. we are. Um, I mean, this was a young team that was in new territory. So I'm not really discouraged by the fact that the – and I mean, I say they're young. I know on paper they're one of the oldest teams, but they have a few guys like Paul Millsap that kind of brings that number way up. So <laughs> they're a lot younger. I mean, when you look at their core players, I mean, they're all like 24 and younger. Or Jokic is 25 right now. So they're all 25 and younger right now. So I still consider this a young team, even with Paul Millsap. So – I'm interested to see if Jamal Murray can consistently be that superstar level player. Because if so, this is going to be a dangerous team that people are still going to underestimate, in my opinion. And then you mentioned Michael Porter. But not to the level that we disrespect the Thunder. Like, they're not, they don't get that level of disrespect. But they, and, and I'll admit I'm one of those guys that wasn't high on uh, Thunder. I mean, not, God. The Nuggets. Oh my gosh, back to the Thunder. Here <laughs> it's all unraveling now. Uh, I was one of those people that weren't sold on the Nuggets, but Murray and Jokic as a tandem showed me something in this playoff, so I'm right there with you. They're gonna, I think with them two at the helm, they're going to be in the title conversation for, uh, yep. for coming years. I'm glad to see it. It's kind of a different roster and the way that they're constructed. So I like it. Um, and then I was going to also touch on Michael Porter. Those were the three players that I would talk about as well. But I mean, he was really good. I mean, he was second team all bubble. So it's not like he was, uh, he had a nice run. I mean, he, it was really, he looked like an all-star caliber player. A lot of the times during that eight game stretch, he wasn't as strong in the playoffs. Uh, but, I mean, he showed that he has that potential that everybody knew he did before he dealt with all the injuries. So, yeah, I agree. And I think his rise is going to have a lot to do with how well they do in the future. Because, I mean, I think that Murray-Jokic tandem, if they keep improving together, can win a championship. But let's say Michael Porter Jr. plays up to that top five draft pick status that we all... I mean, there was talks at one point he was going to be the number one overall pick. I mean, he was that talented. So if he lives up to that kind of potential and all of a sudden they have three star players, I mean, that makes this where it goes from, okay, a championship to contender to where they could win multiple championships over the next five or so years. So, I mean, it really makes that big of a difference how well that he plays. So I'm interested to see how he does for a full season. And I think it's a matter of just him staying healthy because I think he has all the ability in the world and he does everything that you need i mean a top all-star player to do he played well defensively he can play with the ball in his hands he can play off the ball i mean he does really everything you, you yeah. want a player to do so i'm excited to watch him moving forward he's still only 22 years old i feel like so many people have written this guy off it's like okay yeah. i mean he's barely played in the nba like let's calm down a little bit here so now that he's coming out strong i'm excited to see the future of michael porter jr so uh, let's go into their depth chart a little bit here. Well, let's see. I'm on the wrong page here. Get it together. So I know. I was looking at Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, stretch during the bubble, the specific games. But he, <laughs> uh, let's see. They're, and a lot of these names are names that we've already mentioned. But at the point guard right now, they have Jamal Murray, then Monte Morris. At the two, they have Gary Harris and Will Barton. And you can switch uh, some of these guys around. But this is, in general, their starting five was Murray, Harris, Jeremy Grant, Millsap, and Jokic. And Porter worked his way in there a little bit as well. 
Um, but Jeremy Grant at the three, Tory Craig behind him, Will Barton played some minutes there as well. Paul Millsap at the four, Michael Porter played the four quite a bit as well. He's a lot bigger than I, I, uh, I remember. I thought when he came out, he was like a six, 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 seven, three, but he's six ten now. So I don't know if he's grown over the past few years, but I remember watching him during the bubble run and I'm like, Did that guy grow like a foot. Cause uh, I mean, he's a pretty, <laughs> he's like Ben Simmons sized, uh, re- realistically. So he, uh, he was playing minutes at the four. And then at the five, you have Jokic, Mason Plumley, um, and Bulbul. Bulbul is backing up the the four and the five, and I'll talk about him in a few minutes when we get to the free agents. But uh, let's go to the free agents. Speaking of them, they actually have quite a few interesting names to me. No superstar players, but like I mentioned in the beginning, a lot of role players. So Paul Millsap's a free agent at 35 years old. He was making $30.5 million last season. He was their highest paid player. Don't think that's going to be the case uh, heading to uh, wherever he goes next season, but he's definitely a valued role player. Mason Plumley, another guy I mentioned, a valuable big man off the bench. Torrey Craig, not a big name, but he plays some valuable defensive minutes. Noah Vonley was on their payroll. Troy Daniels, P.J. Dozier, um, Tyler Cook was on a two-way contract. I have to say the two-way contracts or Caveman gets mad at me. And then Bulbul actually is technically on a two-way contract right now, so they do have to make a decision with him whether they want to sign him to a guaranteed deal or if they want to keep him on that two-way contract. You do have a few options as well. Jeremy Grant has a player option for $9.3 million. I think that's the biggest name that everybody's been talking about regarding the Nuggets. And then you have a few team options, Monte Morris, and then Kieda Bates-Diop for $1.6 million. So two uh, team options there. And the Monte Morris one is $1.6 million as well, team options. So a few mm-hmm. names to discuss here. What do you think, K-Man? Uh, I mean... Uh, and this is this is a similar situation that when we, we just got done talking about the Pacers in our last episode with Justin uh, Holiday, but I think it's a very similar. Him and Jeremy Grant are kind of similar in that respect. I mean, I fully I don't expect Jeremy Grant to pick up. He's he's going to command more than that nine million dollars on the market. That's kind of. He's probably he's he's probably another one of those players in that fifteen million range. I could see him getting in the offseason. So I would, and this is interesting because as as good as a player as he is, and I'm not saying it won't hurt the Nuggets, but I don't know if it impacts them a ton. Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously losing a guy like him is gonna hurt, but. I mean, I don't think, and I think they 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 might try to make a push to resign him, but if he if he falls out of their comfortable range, then uh, I don't think that's gonna be the worst thing in the world for him. Uh, I mentioned Paul Millsap, who I was also pretty surprised to learn that he made 30, 30 plus million last year. I think uh, he's he's a guy, you know, he's a nice veteran, big man that. Is kind of thrown in it afraid with the rest of these that uh, got veteran big men that are available in free agency, but no, they can get him for 
a decent price, then, you know, I had no issues with them re-signing uh, Millsap. He's kind of he's kind of a good, I mean, veteran presence, and he's 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 been around a while, so he kind of can kind of teach and steer these uh, younger guys on the team. Maybe that's pretty much all the rest of these guys. I actually for, forgot Noah Vonley was on the was on their payroll. I mean, I I think I remember Noah Vonley was was he with Portland last year? Maybe I feel like he was with. Uh, Portland. He's been on like a thousand teams. I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was on Portland. He might have been on Portland last year, but oh uh, yeah, but none of these names like if they don't resign Millsap. And to a lesser extent, they don't resign Grant. I mean, it's going to hurt, but is it the worst thing in the world for them to, uh, to uh, lose them? I don't know. So, I, so I'll talk uh, about some of these guys. I'm actually kind of on the opposite end with a lot of them. So I think Monte Morris, they'll pick up that option yeah. for $1.6 million. That's an easy decision. He's a pretty solid bench guard. Um, Jeremy Grant, I mean, you mentioned last time, Justin Holiday being the best 3 and D player. I think that's Jeremy Grant in this free agent class. And, I mean, he had a really good Western Conference Finals. I mean, they had a lot of duds. Jokic really didn't play well, but Grant really stepped up. And he's one of the, I mean, he's considered a top 20 defender in this league. So between his defensive ability, his three-point shooting ability, he's definitely not a superstar player, but I think they really need to try to retain him. And really the bigger theme for me is one of the things I was impressed with with the Nuggets during the playoffs is they have great team chemistry and they were really gelling together. So I think losing a piece like that is more, uh, it hurts team chemistry more than people yeah. are going to talk about. And uh, that's, that's the same with Paul Millsap, honestly, is I don't think Paul Millsap on the court is as valuable as people make him out to be. I mean, he had a solid playoff run, but he was kind of crappy, honestly, in the regular season. I watched him a few times and he's just, he's old now. He's old and he slowed <laughs> down quite a bit. So it's not the same Paul Millsap, but the veteran leadership that he provided, like I said, this is a pretty young, I know age-wise when you average it out, they're not one of the youngest teams in the NBA, but there's a few guys like Millsap and Mason Plumley that kind of bring it up a few years. But I mean, this is overall a very young team and having a veteran leader like that is really important to taking you and a guy that's been there done that is really important to take you to the next level so i mean i I wouldn't give paul Millsap a big deal when you look at how much money they have to play with if you don't count jeremy grant coming back they have about 98 million dollars on the books so you know i'd say roughly 40 million dollars they have to play with i mean 40 million dollars will get you uh, it'll get you Jeremy Grant. It'll get you Paul Millsap. You could re-sign Mason Plumley. They could have the same exact roster as last year. Plus, you add in the development of Bull Bull and uh, Michael. And I think Bull Bull is going to be a part of this team more than people are talking about next season. Um, when you add in... Because if there's one player that won't be back, I think it's Mason Plumley, And that's because of Bull Bull. Not that he was overly impressive, but I think he can at least be the big man to give Jokic and whoever is playing the four, whether it's Porter. I mean, even if Paul Millsap comes back, I think you have to start Michael Porter at this point. There's no reason to have Paul Millsap starting. He can be that veteran presence off the bench. So I think either way, Bull Bull is pretty valuable coming off the bench as uh, the four and the five. So 
I th- I expect them to sign him to a deal, um, probably a long-term deal. I would sign him to a long-term deal before he's worth more. I mean, he's only 20 years old at this point, so sign him to a four-year deal. Give him, you know, I don't know exactly how much he's going to command uh, from them, but I'd sign Bull Bull and probably let Mason Plumley go if I had to choose. Um, just Bull Bull gives you a little more flexibility. Plumley's a pretty traditional big man. Bobo can stretch the floor a little bit, which is nice to have. So um, if I was them, I'd try to keep this roster as consistent as possible because if they can gel, have that team chemistry, I think they could be the best team in the West. I really do. And I know the Lakers are going to be hard to beat, but I think that they could surpass the Lakers if they have that team chemistry. Jamal Murray keeps improving. Bulbul and Michael Porter as two younger developmental pieces take a step forward. They could have a lot of talent and a lot of deep. I mean, this is a deep roster if they bring everybody back. They go 10, 12 players deep. I mean, there's a lot of names. So if they have the cap space to do it, I would do it personally. Keep this team together and try to win a championship with what you have because they definitely can. Yeah, I mean... Like yeah, I mean, I, I I get I get the point about the team chemistry, you know, especially with what you said. The the Nuggets seem to work very well as a team, and that's kind of one that's kind of one of the bigger things with me as well as kind of the team chemistry. So yeah, I can definitely I could definitely see where that be valuable. But you also you also got they're also in a situation where they have such a good team. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to kind of strap yourself and overpay for uh, Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant and kind of hinder yourself from going out and getting. Because like you said, they have forty. Like you said, they have about forty million in real expected in cap space. They can actually, if they wanted to, they can go out and get a, a big name if, if they if they really wanted. I mean, I don't think that's the direction that they should go. But you know, I just think. I wouldn't want them to kind of strap themselves going uh, forward. Remember, uh, Jamal Murray is under that that big that big contract. I mean, he's making yep. he's making twenty seven, then twenty nine, thirty one, thirty three, thirty six. Which, if he continues on this projection, probably honestly is a pretty good deal, uh, given the projection that he's on. I'm not sure about Jokic going forward. He signed oh. for three more years. Three more years. Okay, so they, so they have the. I mean, they have. I mean, they have their core intact for several more seasons. But I mean, I just think it comes down to they. If I were them, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't overpay. If some team, Jeremy Grant's another example of a guy that could be thrown some stupid amount of money. Yep. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that to those lengths to uh, resign him. I think that's. That might be more along my thought process there. Yeah, and I would agree with that because, I mean, if you can get them for, we'll say, four years, 60 million, I'd do it. Yeah. If I was them. But if somebody's going to offer them four years, 100 million, four years, 80 million, you know, that's when you start going, oh, well, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> he's, he's real. Like, I honestly think for going forward next year and going forward, he's probably. I think Michael Porter Jr. has the potential to be a lot better than him. So you're looking at your you get your pay are you paying your possible fourth best player twenty million dollars? Like probably not. So 
Yeah, 15 is about right in today's it, NBA. It's all going to depend on, you know, what does he want going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, their starting lineup looks pretty solid, especially when you put Michael Porter in there, though, with Murray, Gary Harris, who I know uh, you're not a big Gary Harris fan. He said he was making way too much money. He's making $19 million, which is probably a little too much, but he's just one of those guys. He's not a sexy name. Um, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter, Jokic, with a lot of names off the bench. So very deep roster here. Yeah. Um, what do you have for their needs? Do you think? Uh, what do you think they need to do this offseason? Uh, I mean, I mean, you would you would think with a team that got as far as they did, uh, far exceeding anybody's expectations, there's a couple areas they kind of improve on. And I like, I think they need, I think they need depth, especially at the guard position. I mean, m- maybe more so at the the wing position, but they need a, some depth, you know, behind Murray. And behind uh, Jokic, especially behind Jokic, if they, especially if they don't resign Plumley, which I don't expect them to do. Uh, I think you you need some guys that can kind of take the playmaking pressure off of Murray and Jokic, and that's the that's the one the one thing. Like as good as you know they both are, as good as they both are, like you're pretty much relying on Jokic and Murray every single night. Mm-hmm. Which is why I brought up what Michael Porter said near the end of their end of their run. They just need a more. Cons- they just need whether that's Michael Porter. If they, it seems like they were kind of holding back Michael Porter a little bit. It seems like so whether that's unleashing Michael Porter and letting him be that third option that he has the potential to be, or go out and sign somebody because they they do have the money. Even even if they re-sign. Uh, if they re-sign Jeremy Grant to uh, fifteen million a year, they still have over twenty million to play with to go out and sign uh, another high-impact uh, shooter. I mean, a couple names, uh, and these are more. And like I said, I'm not big on. Imagine if they were able to move on from Gary Harris's contract, then they could legit go out and get a third superstar to pair with them if they were able to move on from that. Harris contract. So to do that, a couple Wesley Matthews is a guy I'd like just kind of the replace if they did uh, move on from Gary Harris. He could he'd be a perfect replacement for Gary Harris. He can come up and he would be a, and he wouldn't cost uh, seventeen million a year. So and I mean another name. Uh, Alec, I mean Alec Burks is another name I would like. That uh, can kind of keep it, keep an eye on. I mean, he, I didn't know Alec Burks like is six six, so yeah. he has some. I didn't, I like, I was like, I was like six six. I didn't think he was that. I definitely didn't think he was that uh, long. So he he he'd be another versatile player for him. He can kind of defend both guard positions and the three as well. I think he, he, I think he would work alongside Murray and Jokic well when they were on the court. And like you mentioned, you mentioned how Jokic is easily one of the best passers in the game today. Maybe a little too early to say one of the best of all time, but he's definitely on that trajectory. Uh, so the more shooters you can surround with the passing ability of Jokic, the better, in my opinion. So then quick uh, draft guy. I know this is, this is my guy. He's been... 
still been falling in every mock draft that I've seen. But Josh Green, I think that I think that's a dream. That's a dream fit for the Nuggets. And he, based on everything, he could very well be there. I believe they have a early twenties pick in the first round this year. So. I, I can see I, I like twenty two so yeah they can I can see that I like them going in that direction. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that you said. Um, at the twenty second overall pick, I had him looking at Josh Green or Sadiq Bay. I don't think Sadiq Bay is going to make it that far, but more of a three and D player. Mm-hmm. Especially they're going to have a lot to, you know, honestly, if they lose Jeremy Grant, they'll probably slide Will Barton there. So, I mean, whether you have Jeremy Grant or not, though, you're still going to need some depth. Um, I mentioned Tory Craig, who did play some minutes for him. He'll be gone. So they'll definitely need some minutes from the uh, three spot. They'll need to fill in some minutes there. Uh, if Paul Millsap doesn't return, a few a free agent that I like would be Tristan Thompson, and just a, a veteran presence that you can bring yeah. in and play some minutes at the four. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned a lot of the other names that I liked as well. So I, I think the biggest one is going to be the the wing depth there at the three and. There's not a ton of names. Wesley Matthews is a great name as well. Um, I don't think you mentioned Jay Crowder. We've mentioned Jay Crowder not, in every I'm episode. Not, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I tried to go, tried to go one episode without mentioning Jay Crowder as a as a target for somebody, and I succeeded. Then you ruined it and brought it up. I did. I wanted to ruin it because I like that one, actually, especially if Paul Millsap's not there. But yeah, I mean, I agree, especially if they get another wing player. It needs to be a guy that's a strong three-point shooter with the playmakers that they have. Um, another name that I'll throw in there is a guy like Rodney Hood, who I think is a guy that could come off the bench and play some minutes for him. He's a pretty strong three-point shooter. Based on what I've seen, doesn't look like he's going to command a huge contract. So uh, another name there I'll throw into the ring. But Overall, I mean, this isn't a team. I don't think they have a ton of needs. So, I mean, I think if they sign everybody that's on their current roster, I mean, we saw how well they played this year. Another full year, I think they would be fine. If they lose Jeremy Grant, I don't think it would knock them out of playoff contention or anything crazy like that. Do I think it hurts their depth? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And that's a piece that they'll have to replace one way or another. But, you know, maybe they're looking towards the future and the potential of having to pay Michael Porter if he has a few strong seasons. And, you know, maybe they want to have a little more cap flexibility to bring in a third guy that can, you know, where they can compete with anybody. I think they can compete with anybody right now, which they kind of proved this year. But um, they have... uh, it's an interesting offseason, but it's kind of not because I think no matter what moves they make, this is going to be in this kind of transitions into where we see them finishing. Mm-hmm. I think no matter what, this is a team that's going to be a top four seed or so in the West. They were the third seed this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they were higher. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Clippers. I think they're kind of in flux right now. We're, I think, probably going to assume that the Lakers are going to be the number one seed. You have the Warriors returning back to full strength, so that's something else to keep an eye out on. But at the end of the day, people, I can guarantee you, are going to underestimate this team and say, oh, you know, they're a five, six, seven seed. But this is one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They play yep. strong defense. Their offense is strong. I mean, they really have very few weaknesses. Jokic had a really 
terrible Western Conference Finals, which is one of the reasons that I don't think that they advanced. But, I mean, they have the star power. They have young players. They have depth. They have everything that you need to take a step forward and to win a championship. So I think people are going to keep underestimating them, but they really shouldn't be. No, I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm I, I think I learned my lesson. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to underestimate them anymore. And I think, well, you did pick them to beat the Lakers in that series. So you did turn. I did turn. I did turn a little bit, but I think, I think part of the thing with Jokic's performance, especially in the ball, and him and Murray for that matter, they were gassed. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, it was evident as that series with the uh, Lakers, Lakers, but they were just, they, you can only come back from so many three-one deficits in one yeah. in, in one playoff run. So I think that kind of caught off to them. But yeah, they're gonna be an upper half Western Conference uh, playoff team, and you 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 have no choice but to throw them in there with the Lakers. And uh, well, as of now, I would still say the Clippers are contenders because when you have Kawhi and George on the team. Yeah. Uh, that was just epic meltdown by by them. But so they'll be a top. I mean, they're they're just they're kind of in the middle of the top teams. Like you throw you throw all the names like you throw Golden State out there who will probably be up there next year. I mean, you throw out the Lakers, you throw out the Clippers. No, the Rockets for that matter had to throw had to shout them out in an episode. Uh. But they're that's kind of they're kind of they're kind of in the middle at the top, if that makes any sense going uh, forward next year. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole top is the Western Conference in general. I mean, I think it's going to be a slugfest next year when you start projecting out the playoff teams. I mean, there's very few teams that I would say have no chance to make the playoffs. I mean, I would probably throw the Timberwolves in there, but at the same time, they do have two star players. So I mean. If they can gel together, there's no reason they couldn't improve. I'd probably throw the Kings in that mix and the Spurs as three teams that I think I would be surprised if they made the playoffs. But um, even the Sun, even 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 the Sun, even the Suns, you mean they're kind of yeah, yeah. I think they'll at least have a chance. You know, would I say the Suns are a playoff team? Probably not, but they're going to at least be competitive enough to be right in the mix. So. It's going to be fun, the Western Conference next yep. year. 1-15, to 15, It's I can't remember a time I've ever seen a conference so strong. So I'm looking forward to that. Any other notes that you have on the Nuggets? Uh, nope, I think that wraps it up. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good. I think we covered everything we need to cover. So I appreciate everybody who was listening. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We've been putting all of our content audio only. If you prefer that and you don't want to see our beautiful faces, make sure you follow the Fantasy Mafia on Facebook. And uh, you can join our group as well, the Fantasy Hotspot, to talk all things sports. And that's on Facebook as well. So we appreciate the support, and we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Yeah.